For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hey, this is Dan Lundy, founder of 4th Down University and creator of 4th Down Focus Podcast, a show brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today is episode 10 of the show. I wanted to thank the listeners for their support. In 10 short weeks of having this show, we've had listeners from 41 states in the United States and six international countries as far as East Europe and Asia. The focus of today's show is the process of building your personal brand. And our guest today is Mike Dunham. Mike Dunham is the director of 4th Down U Snapping, a former 4th Down University athlete and Division I all-conference long snapper from Delaware State. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Coach. How are you? I'm doing excellent, man. I talked to you last week about a couple of things in particular uh, as far as these kids that are trying to get acknowledged or get identified or make that transition from high school to college. And I thought it would be a perfect time to bring you in. Today's topic is going to be related to the long snapper, but it's relatable to all specialists. Actually, it's related to all high school athletes and, and the do's and don'ts of how you represent your personal brand in the recruiting process. At a recent training, you acknowledged one of our athletes. He's a 2021 long snapper out of Seabreeze High School in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, and you mentioned the news, the positive news that he recently received. So if you don't mind, could you explain just to lead the show off about this young man, Matt Bossett, and the wonderful news he received and why it's so relatable to today's show? Well, you already mentioned his name, Matt Bossett out of Seabreeze High School. If they were going to make a movie about anybody out of our crew this year, I think it would have to be Matt Bossett. He's only been training with me and fourth down you as a whole for, I can't time it exactly, but a, a full calendar year. This time last year, he was new to our squad. And uh, I think it was a week and a half ago, two weeks at the most now, he received his first D1 FCS offer from Fordham University. And that was coming off of a, a bad family situation that I'm not going to get into but he had some emotional things off the field as well as having to play his senior year during a, a corona season so I could not be more proud of him he grinded this past summer and I remember telling him about last December uh, when we had one of our other seniors receive some offers that he was going to have to be the leader in this senior class the, the class of 2021 he was going to have to step up and be the guy that kind of led everybody through 
just through his maturity and his work ethic. And it really goes to show that out of our three seniors right now, due to his work ethic, he was the one that has actually gotten an offer first. And uh, I just could not be more proud of him. I love that kid. Yeah, I'm going to call a spade a spade. You know, one thing about me, uh, people that know me, is I'm very honest. I think that it's the only way to be. It defines clear expectations. Uh, I, I feel like when you work in gray or if you're vague, if you will, sometimes the kids don't have the direction needed to, to get motivated. I've lost kids over the years and lost parents for that matter because I was too honest, but it's, it's neat to see the, the retention I've, I've gotten over the years in being honest, because I feel that you're only going to get transparency and honesty at the next level, because they will in fact play the best player uh, in college. These guys, guys being the coaches, they're getting six figure plus uh, annual salaries and it's predicated on wins alone. I know that we're going to talk at length today about being a, a good person and portraying yourself as such. But in the end, it really does come down to, can you perform when called upon? So I, I wanted to delve into that a little bit more, but Matt Bossett, again, we're going to use him as an example today and less than a year's time. I, I think he's a prime example, a quintessential long snapper. And the fact that it's something that he bought into entirely. He, he took what you had to say as the coach and he, he formed a prioritization of what he felt was, was needed first. And he, he really picked on those, those weaknesses. I think he set the weaknesses as priorities. And I think a lot of kids find comfort in sticking with their strengths and, 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 and just kind of showcasing those strengths and kind of ignoring the weaknesses and hoping those weaknesses will not get exposed. I think that's dangerous. I think that you will get exposed at the absolute wrong times if you do it that way. So again, that's why I like you. It's why I like our staff. It's why I like Fourth Down University is we are not catering to the needs of people's feelings as much as we're catering to, to, to their needs of where they want to go. If their goals are, in fact, to play college football, you need to hear often what you're doing wrong and, and how to fix it, most importantly. Um, not necessarily, oh, you're currently a four and a half star. I think that's very objective. Sorry, I should say it's very subjective. It's an opinion-based thing. I, I like to keep it objective and I really appreciate what you've done. It's a testament to your coaching in a year or less time, what you've done with a guy like Matt Bossett and what you're currently doing with our other long snappers at Fourth Down University. We want to talk a little bit about social media. I want to lead into that a little bit. I think Matt is a good example of someone that has managed his time well on social media platforms. Uh, he's marketed himself. He's, he's established a brand. He's very identifiable in what it is that, that, that's important to him. And that's training and that's academics and that's family. I think that those are the themes that you see in a Matt Bossett profile, regardless of where you look, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Could you talk about first the good that you see on, on these social media platforms and next talk about some of the bad that you see uh, and how this could help or hurt their personal brand? Absolutely. I'll start with good first. I'm going to mainly talk about Twitter because that's where you're going to encounter a lot of your coach to athlete conversation. You can go listen to Chris Rippon talk on that at length. Um, Twitter's where you're going to see a lot of your coach interactions, especially from college to high school players. When it comes to good, uh, I like seeing when I have a head coach at a university, whether it be any level, they'll tweet something out and then I'll go to the comments and you'll see kids. Hey, coach, uh, they'll respond to what he said and then they'll just throw their film in there. Like I, I love an evaluation, just getting their name out there, not even just in a DM, but also when a 
public eye to where there could be other coaches that follow that head coach and see that tweet. And now you not only get the attention of the coach that you contacted, but you may get a coach that you didn't even intend to catch the eye of. I like the guys that will post like weekly updates of their training. They'll go out in their backyard and they'll do something a little unconventional. They're not on a line field. They're just in their backyard. They'll, they'll snap to their sister or something. I like that stuff. I, I like the guys that, you know, you may not have the resources of a full size football field or, you know, something to where it kind of gives you that aesthetic edge. It's not always about that. It just shows that you're out there trying to get work. I like the guys that obviously post training film with their trainers. It's not just they go to a competition, say thanks for the great comp and the star, and then you don't hear from them for another three months until they've competed again. Those are the main things that I like. The rest of the show, I think I'm going to talk a lot about what I don't like. The main things is going to be how you portray yourself, what you say, um, what you retweet, um, what you like, who you interact with, who you follow, who follows you. All those things can negatively impact you. And uh, I actually do have a story personally about a few of those things that we'll get into in a little bit. But um, social media can be a great tool for getting you to the next level. And it's proven that. But it can also be a, a very impactful way to shorten your recruiting process in a very negative way as well. You want to dive into that a little bit? Absolutely. I'll start off with that story I was talking about as well. So coming out of high school, I've already gotten my offer from Delaware State University. And I'm all hyped up and all this and that. And I signed my NLI at my high school. And a week later, I get a phone call from my head coach, Kenny Carter. And he is not happy. I can tell. He doesn't start off with why he's not happy. But he's like, how you doing, Mike? I'm like, I'm, I'm good, coach. I'm, I'm excited to come up. And he's like, that's good. That's good. He's like, why don't you tell me a little bit about your uh, your Twitter real quick? I'm like, uh, I'm sorry I haven't been posting film as much. You know, I've, I've had a busy week. And I, I don't know what I've done wrong, but I can tell already that I've done something wrong. And I didn't know this, but he'd already called my mother earlier in the day. <laughs> um, so I was already in trouble. He was, Mike, I, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of your followers. I was like, what are you talking about, coach? I, 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 all my followers are my friends. And I guess I'd had some like hoochie mama or, or something that just made me look bad. It, it was real bad. I did eventually find and I blocked them. But I was in trouble from my head coach from a university that I already signed to because of someone that followed me. I didn't even know they followed me and they saw that in a negative light. And they were like, you gotta, you gotta cut that out. We will not, you know, stand for that. that that's gotta go. And that can be even worse. If I had followed that person back now, that looks bad in me. Like what, what does that say to me as a person? Like, Hey, you're following this, that, and the other, that that's a bad way to present yourself on social media and especially with retweets and what you say, like if you're cussing all that on your feed, that's just not a good look, man. Like you're not going to get the attention you want. You'll get attention probably, but it's not the one that's going to get you to the next level, especially if you're trying to play college football. Twitter is very dangerous because there's a lot of, of bad stuff on there. I, I just say stay away from it. But uh, that was definitely one of the most humbling moments of my life that Man, it can go that quick just from something that I'm not even aware of. I think I went through and I blocked like 40 people that night. That I was just a little bit suspicious of like maybe they didn't have a bad social media, but I knew them personally. I'm like, that's a bad person. Goodbye. I'm done with you. I'm, I'm, goodbye. <laughs> like, I can't do it. 
but just little things like that. I think it goes back to what you hear as a kid from your parents and you don't want to hear it at the time, but it makes perfect sense when you reflect, when you're trying to go somewhere in life, especially is you are a product of who you're with. You know, uh, it's the five best friends thing or five closest people in your life thing. You are, regardless of what you think, uh, you could be a great human, but if the, if your circle is small, even if it is small, which I, I recommend, I strongly recommend that. I don't think you need 55 best friends, but if your five best friends are friends that you're not proud of, uh, you're, you're not proud of how they lead their life, over time, that is going to affect you. You know, you are going to pick up habits and tendencies from them. And I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about life skills. I'm talking about the treatment of others. I'm talking about how you treat your family, how you treat your significant other. I think it's, it's very important to acknowledge these things and really take, take, take it to heart that I need to start making better decisions for me. Be a little selfish. You know, I hate to say that, but if you are going to be selfish, be selfish about where your path in life. And I guess this does relate back to the brand. I also wanted to expound on that by saying that back to the Matt Bossett example, because again, the, the purpose for these 2021s right now is to do what Matt did, you know, receive that offer to a school that's an exceptionally good school. It's going to put him in a great place in life, regardless of whether football works out or not. These kids aren't all going to play on Sundays. The purpose of this is to go and get a great degree in something that you do want to study, that you have a passion in, that you can then use that as a catalyst to go and get a career started. And fortunately, some of the guys do get to play on Sunday, but it's less than a percent. So we must be realist and back to the to the authenticity, the honesty. Degrees are the most important thing. They're the priority. And, you know, the residual effect is if you are, in fact, God given enough, you might play on Sunday. I want to talk about Matt Bossett's academics. I had a good example last night. I won't name the school. I won't name the coach, but he found me oddly enough on LinkedIn. I posted a workout video of a kid I won't mention either because he's pending right now in the story, but he jumped off the screen last week in a workout video I did with him where there was six consecutive field goals made at varying angles at a very, very tough situation. It was windy that day. It was a crosswind. It wasn't favoring him. So everything visually was appealing to this coach but the very first thing mike that he said to me in the dm was we really like him but big but uh how is he as a student i need to see an unofficial transcript immediately if i want to go further with you know seeing if this guy's a good fit quote unquote for our university and it speaks volumes to me that a guy like matt i think not only because you know, you're know you a great coach and he's a phenomenal snapper and he's come a long way, but I think that probably the biggest factor that played into a Fordham offer was his performance in the classroom and, and him having the test score that was justifiable. What are your thoughts on that? I think that is an undeniable truth. There's no way that you can expect a four-year university, especially an athletic program, to take a chance on you, especially in a money sense. If you want a scholarship, you want a, an academic program, I'm sorry, an athletic program to make an investment on you for four years, but you're not going to do anything right in the classroom. That's, that's not a return on investment for them. That, that makes no sense. If you can't perform in the classroom, then you're not even going to be eligible to play. And now they've spent tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars on you that has now gone to waste. They can't use you. And now you're sitting up there and you're not playing football 
and you're probably on some kind of academic probation because you can't act right in the classroom. There's no way they can take a chance on that. So I think it's it's obviously first because of that DM, DM you just mentioned. And I can remember as an athlete trying to come up, the first thing coaches always say is, what's that transcript look like? What does it look like? Because at the end of the day, you're going to college, you're going to school, you're going to learn, you're going to get a degree. The, the football is just an extra curricular and it just may be a way to kind of will some money off of that bill at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, what do your grades look like? That, that, is, the, that is the total end all be all that I think people forget about. They're like, oh, I'm gonna go to you know Oregon okay, do you know how hard it is to take classes at Oregon? Like, do you know how hard college is in general? There's no parents in your dorm room going, hey, wake up, little Billy, you got to go to school. No, I mean, you do have the obligation if you are playing sports. Hey, I have workouts at 6 a.m., but after you get out of workouts at 6 a.m., go get you some breakfast and take a shower. Man, do I really want to go to that 8.30 class? Nah, I'll skip. I'll just hang out in my dorm room. No, you can't do that, especially as an athlete. And you won't get very far either if you do. Yeah, I think that – I don't think. I, I, I'm i pretty confident that this statement is true. Uh, if, if we're talking about holding people to high standards, college coaches at all levels are going to hold specialists to the highest of standards and, and perhaps some quarterbacks. But the, the full expectation is that we have a collective GPA that we have to submit to the NCAA. And like you mentioned, Coach Rippon goes at length on this. He's an expert in this field. He did it for 37 years as a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator. And he said that the, the expectation is our, our specialists need to be on the top side of these things. And it's just historical data that's proven that that's just the way it's been and that's the way it should continue. We cannot have a Prop 48 kicker. We might take a, take a risk on a running back that's a five-star that we think could be a difference maker on our entire offense, but that's not going to be the case for a kicker, punter, or snapper. You have to take care of your job. And if you're, if you're selfish enough, and I know I said selfish being good earlier, but this is a negative way about being selfish. If you think that you are that talented, that you are equal in ability to, or is your contribution will be equal in ability to a five-star running back, you're sorely mistaken. Um, I think coaches now feel that there are enough quality kids in the classroom that are also in fact good kickers that I can find the best one of both worlds and I agree with that statement I think that generally speaking most kickers punters and snappers are decent students however the purpose of bringing it up in the show today is there are a number of guys that have that mindset that man I'm five star this or I'm the best guy in Louisiana based on someone's opinion um, and I start seeing the emphasis in the important things like school be put aside. And I think that's an unfortunate thing. And I think that it's an unfortunate truth that they get passed up in the end because of it often. So transitioning, you mentioned film briefly earlier about, you know, when you're, when you're, your activity on Twitter, especially, cause that's where the college coaches are recruiting actively and DMing actively. I want you to explain the importance of both game and training film, maybe the angles and resources needed to do so as far as training film and uh, maybe who should be tagged in this film. Absolutely. Well, it's no secret in, in any community, whether it be athletic or whatever, there, there's going to be two types of film. There's your training film and then there's game film. Obviously, game film is going to talk a little bit more than training film from a what you can produce in obviously a game situation when you have a rush and there's other people that are trying to stop you from doing what you're doing. 
but training film can speak a lot as well. And I think it all comes down to how prepared you are and what you do in that training film. We talk a lot about if there's inclement weather and there's some sort of bad situation, that's a great opportunity for a specialist to go and show what, what they can do. It, it's raining, you know, it's a little bit muddy outside. Beautiful. Let, let's go out and snap today. Wet ball drills are fantastic. It's a windy day. Hey, kicker, get out there, show what you can do. A few little tips and tricks. If I was going to talk about like a camera angle, I would try to pick and choose some that you can either learn off of or just show your ability. If I was going to go for a favorite for a long snapper, I would just go from literally a direct 90 degree angle off of the side. So I can see that your feet are lined up, your back is straight, how far the ball is out in front of you, what your full motion looks like, how far your shoulders get through your knees. But I would do it at a way that you can see the full path of the football. If it's 15 yards, it's going to look like a really wide angle shot and you may have to zoom in, but I can still see all of the qualitative and quantitative at the same time. In terms of what you should bring with you, obviously I would like you to have a human target. There's obviously some drills that are like, you know, you hit a pole at 15 yards and that's cool, but if I'm a coach, obviously I want to see what a person looks like and where you're hitting them on their body frame. So you need one person at least, preferably two, so that you can have someone hold the camera and film you doing this. There are guys that can get away and set up a camera on something at a distance and they get the shot and that's great. I have no quarrel with that. When it comes to the number of footballs, this is speaking specifically to my long snappers out there, don't have just one football. Don't have one ball, turn around, catch it, set it back down have three to five we all are here playing high school football correct you have access to footballs please ask your head coach hey coach i'm training this weekend can i borrow a couple i'll have them on monday if not i'll run suicides or whatever the punishment would be that is going to help you greatly because it makes you look more prepared there's no reason not to have these sort of resources you have a mom a dad a buddy on the football team there's someone out there that will help you out Throw them five bucks if you have to, but you can make it happen. And then it comes down to, you mentioned tags. There are guys that tag people incorrectly on Twitter. And this isn't me having a chip on my shoulder. This is me actively trying to help you because you may put yourself in a situation that doesn't look very good. There was a, one of my athletes a few weeks ago, he tagged another training company, which I have no quarrel with. You can tag who you want, especially if you train with them and compete with them, that's fine. But if you are in a training situation and you train with someone, tag who, are, who you are training with. Don't tag someone who wasn't there and is not heavily affiliated with you, especially if they're not going to give you that like or retweet or a comment or something that's going to boost your recruitability in general. Also, don't tag someone who has never heard of you. I, I've seen kids do that as well. They'll tag some big training company or some big recruiting company that does not know you. So now let's say you do have great film and you do have great ability and you do have the ability to reach a coach that's interested in you because they like how you do. Maybe you have the grades. So they go and contact that person that you just tagged that doesn't know you. That's not going to help you. That person is going to say, I have no idea who that kid is. And now what does that make you look like? Now you're lying on social media and this person's saying they don't know you. And now that coach is confused and now they've, they've run into a brick wall. And now we got a problem. You may have just ended your recruitment with that team because now you're lying on social media. And at the same time, I'll go, I'll go back to who you're training with. You may offend that person that you're training with because 
well, he wasn't there. I was the one working with you that day. Why are you tagging them? Which isn't the end of the world, but at the same time, those are the people that are sweating with you on the field, putting in time and energy and effort into your recruiting process. And you're, you're kind of shooting them a, a, a weird vibe by doing that. So just be courteous to who you're training with, be prepared when you go out on field and obviously perform to your highest ability and you should be absolutely fine. I love what you said. There was a lot there. So I'm going to highlight the things that I think are most important. I like what you said right away with the filming, you know, whether it be mom, dad, or some teammates that are so your friends that are going to help you help yourself. I think it's important to be an outlier, especially on social media. What I see most often is wind aided kicks. And if it's a kickoff film, it's 10 balls and they're all going the same direction, left to right or right to left, whatever the wind's doing, right? What I love to see and what stands out, what resonates with coaches is the kids that if they are, if they're going to do a kickoff film that day, they're going to have five going one way, five going the other. Clearly one set of five is not going to be 10 deep, but it's nice to see, oh my goodness, he put that ball one deep against the wind. That is, is something that it's unmistakable. It's again, back to authenticity. Coaches don't want to be left with a question. Coaches want to know, oh my goodness, this kid kicked in mud, snapped in mud. It was pouring rain. That ball must have been 10 pounds. That holder wasn't even very good and he still made it. All these adverse things that can go wrong or that do happen on a daily basis, kicking it because that's reality. You know, when I watch nationally televised games, very seldom is it San Diego weather. Very seldom, right? I mean, unless they're in San Diego, it's probably not going to be the case. They're in Pittsburgh, they're in Cleveland, they're whatever. Wherever they are, Pittsburgh's horrible. Uh, Chicago, where Cairo plays. These are not the conditions that are best suited for us. However, this is where we're going to be called to execute. So I love what you said about that. Don't be intimidated by the conditions. If it's, if it's a day to film, go, go film. Regardless, I mean, if, if we're not in a hurricane, it's not lightning out, get out there and showcase yourself. So I love that. I also like when you mentioned the angles, I think that gets tricky. I think kids sell themselves short often by not giving a good visual to the coach that may be looking at them. So a wonderful resource is you, Mike Dunham. If they follow your account and see the uh, training activities that you post, the drill work you do, they're going to get the front side quarter. They're going to get the side. They're going to get the backside. They're going to get the immediate front side target line, all of these angles, and then they can pick. But I don't recommend winging it as far as I think you're high enough. I think you're far enough away. Use people like you as a resource because that will, will make the time worthwhile. And the last thing I, I want to talk about with the tagging on social media is if you're a 2021 or a 2022, you should have 25 schools right now that are on your board or that you're interested in, or that you want to gain the, the attention from those should be the people you tag. And in addition to that, it, your high school coach, your high school coach is expected to be a proponent of you or for you, I should say. And he needs to be tagged. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you that to just assume that if I tag 15 strangers that one of these guys cares, it's probably not going to happen. And if anything, they're going to invite you to their camp to make a little money off you. In no way is it going to be marketing for you. It's going to be, well, you gave me free marketing. And by the way, Billy, I'd like you to come to my camp so I can make money off you. So I, I love what you said. And back to being just authentic. I think that was the most authentic response you could have given. I'm going to move on to huddle. 
I don't know, some parents may not be aware, but Huddle, H-U-D-L, is a major platform, especially for the high school kids. It's how they get their, their game film from their head coach or whoever does the Huddle account for their school. And what they do is they, they take, you know, weeks one through six and they extract good reps and then they formulate uh, a highlight tape, you know, a minute, minute and a half highlight tape. I wanted you to talk about Huddle, and we call it the Huddle Horror Stories. I wanted you to give a couple examples of, oh, no, no, he didn't. Oh, gosh, because we see this a lot where it is. Huddle is a wonderful tool. But like you mentioned earlier, these tools for success can equally hinder your performance in getting recruited if you're not using them correctly. So could you go over a few examples of what we call a Huddle Horror Story? Absolutely. And I, I love and hate to talk about them because they're funny, but at the same time, it's like, oh no, kid, you're, you're not doing it right. So I think my number one, I've got, I've got like three of them. My, my number one is the guys that circle themselves at the beginning of every single play. It doesn't matter what, like, Hey, I'm right here. Look at me guys. If a coach is watching your film they know your name. They might know your high school, but I can guarantee you they know your position. They know where to look. They know what they're looking for. You don't have to circle yourself. Maybe if you're like a wide receiver and you rotate from like X and Z and slot a little bit, yeah, maybe once or twice, but by like the third rep, they can tell how tall you are. They can tell your body frame. You don't have to go that far into it. Stop circling yourself every single time because when you do, it pauses the video. And now you've added an extra three seconds for them to stare at a circle surrounding you instead of what you can actually do. And now by the time you've added 10 reps, you've added 20, 30 seconds to a film that didn't need to be three and a half minutes long. There's no reason we're going to get bored. I can tell you, but from evaluating over a hundred kids for the elite 400, I don't want to see you circle yourself. I want two minutes quick and dirty. Show me what you can do. The next horror story is, the guys that put like a mediocre rep first, like you don't hit me hard the first time, put your money makers first. Don't like it. I get like you, you want to put your entire game film against like week three. Like this is a big rivalry game. It's a district game championship, whatever. I don't care if it was the last snap or the last kick or the last catch of the game, put that money maker first, then put the rest of the highlights for that game. If they're not like, the big things that are going to get people's attention. I'm recruiting you. College coaches, coaches are recruiting you. Coach Rip said, hey, they only get like 30 minutes on a random Thursday or like a Monday afternoon here and there throughout the week. They don't have the, the whole afternoon to look at what you're trying to show. Show me quickly that you can do what you're trying to show me you can do. Earn this scholarship now. Don't earn it later because you may not have later. Number three is the stupid music. I, I'm fine with a silent highlight film. I'm perfectly fine with it. I don't care. I know plenty of coaches. My, my recruiting coordinator at Delaware State, he had music on in his own room. He had his computer on mute. He didn't even listen to your music. Don't waste time on it. If you're worrying more about how good your highlight music sounds and you know how much of a dope edit you can throw on Twitter, you're wrong about your recruiting process, I guarantee you. Get rid of the music. Nobody cares about it. It doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make the highlight film itself any better. It's just annoying. And sometimes people pick 
the wrong music in general. Like they'll put like hood rat, like rap music on there that has like the N word and stuff. And it's just, it's an even worse look. And you're just unrecruiting yourself at that point. No one is going to get mad at you for having a silent highlight film, except for your buddies who are not going to recruit you to a D1 FBS program. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. Cause it's like the topic obviously has been around long snapping. Cause that's your expertise, but it's no different for kickers right i mean the music's silly the the circle is is equally as silly for a kicker because they know they know your position and they know where the kick they know where the kicker sits in each situation so yeah it's it's absurd and then the, the i think the best point you made was 20 seconds is my rule and in those first 20 seconds it should be your very best things whatever those things are how whenever they occurred it could have occurred week seven it should still go first because a compilation of your, you know, seemingly good reps for an entire season is not what anyone has time for. Uh, it needs to, it needs to jump off the screen right away. And if it doesn't, we move on and we never come back to you, Billy. I know Billy is this hypothetical kid today, but <laughs> Billy, Billy needs to learn from this. <laughs> so, Sorry to all the Billy's out there. <laughs> so we, I spend a lot of time with you. You know, I spend hours upon hours each week with you. Uh, even on Saturday alone, we're probably there for four hours together, 52 weeks a year. And I see you come up with some creative like concepts and drills, and they're always surrounded around the athlete in particular, the snapper for your case, their deficiency, because you're trying to build strengths by identifying weakness. And I think that's why I hired you is because you were very objective and you like to be matter of fact and give the, the hows and the whys. And I love that. So I was hoping that to end the show, you could give an example of what it is that Mike Dunham does just a, an example of a drill or maybe like a tendency that you see across the board from a snapper that snaps on Sundays to a snapper that may be in his first or second year in Pop Warner could, could you share something with the audience uh, that you see across the board that could be worked on and, and, and that people should be mindful of? Sure thing. Uh, I think one of the biggest tendencies for someone, I'm going to talk about long snapping purely here. Uh, so kickers, just listen in for me. You can teach your snapper this as well. It is always an issue with a starting long snapper of getting your feet parallel, getting those toes on the same line. It's, almost comical every time when you meet someone new it's like all right what are his feet gonna look like everyone's watching your feet when you first come out so i had this issue with a snapper about two weeks ago i will not name his name but if he's listening he will remember this drill i hope he's been doing it i loved this drill i made it up on the spot but i'm gonna start using it even more to all the other athletes that i train if you're listening you will be doing this drill what i did was he was having an issue where he was ducking his right foot a little bit and it was constant. He always did it. So this is a PAT session or live PAT or field goal rather same thing for us. And uh, he kept shooting them left. He was still far wide every single time. So I was like, man, let's do this. Let's get your feet aligned. So I was like, I want you to stand on this like sideline, just a, a line marker on the field. It's a straight line relatively compared to what you're doing. I want you to look and I want you to feel what that feels like in your toes. Stand with your toes on a parallel line, straight line. And now what I want you to do is take a step back from that line. I want you to close your eyes. And now I want you to see if you can step on that line. And I want you before you open your eyes to tell me if your feet are straight or if they're not, which foot is forward. 
and we did this a few times and I, I was actually pretty impressed. I did it on the first try. I'm a little try hard. I'm sorry, but it teaches you to feel your body. What is actually happening? There's a little sensor, a little nerve in your body called a proprioceptor. It's everywhere. It's why you can close your eyes and feel, oh, if I put my hand out in front of me, my hand's out in front of me. That's what tells you. It's called a proprioceptor. So now I'm telling you to learn how to use the proprioceptors in your legs and tell me which foot is forward. And if neither of them are, are you straight? And then I'm not going to tell you, just open your eyes and let's see if you're right. So now you're going to try to train yourself. And I told him, hey, go home today. You can do this in your bedroom. You need a one foot by one foot square. You can take a broomstick. You can take whatever, a straight line on the floor. It does not matter. Step on it. Feel what straight feels like. Take a step back. Close your eyes. Step on it. Say out loud, I am. My right foot feels a little bit behind. Look, if you're right, good job. Try again. If you're wrong, how are you wrong? Were you still parallel? You just felt like you were ducked or was the other foot forward? You can do this all day, every day. And I promise over probably like 10 minutes at the most, you'll get pretty good at learning. And if you do this every day, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to come out to a training session, whether it be with me or with anybody, you can line up on any field with no lines, crooked, whatever, your feet will be parallel just from teaching yourself what it feels like. No, I think that's wonderful. That's exactly what I wanted you to say was a good example of being specific, being objective, uh, offsetting feet. I, you know, I'm not a snapping guru by any means, but I remember when I was a high school special teams coordinator, it's funny you say this because I had some really good snappers. I had three college long snappers in 12 years at mainland and all of them were offset at the feet. And most of them just by my particular situations where they were right dominant, they were right-handed athletes. And, they, and their right foot was lagging. It wasn't parallel with the left. It was behind it. And what that invited and what we always talk about at Fourth Down U is things are relatable. Things complement each other. And the principle of action-reaction is con it's connected to everything we do. So what you're saying is true. What, what the feet do in the snapping position will most definitely affect the hands and the timing of the release. And, and most importantly, the location of the snap. So I, I absolutely love that. I would like, you know, a homework assignment I'm going to give you is I would love for you to do a walkthrough of that post it for the audience, because you are going to get some attention off this. I think it, at the least from parents saying, you know, I want to give my son some training film. I want to give him the best opportunity because we don't always get it in game film. And I think that training film is equally as important. You can sell yourself just as well, honestly, because the frequency in which you can produce those films are much more frequent than the game film that will, will be produced once each fall. So I don't want to bore them to tears. I, I want to ask you more about that, this drill, but I'll, I'll ask you uh, off air. Uh, I, I, I just want to end the show by, by thanking you again. You know, I mentioned Mike came on in an early episode that he will be a, a frequent guest. And this is exactly why he, uh, he brings a wealth of knowledge to a position that is probably, in my opinion, one of the most easy positions to get a scholarship in if you are, in fact, worth it. So I, I'm a big fan. Snappers are most definitely people, too, in my opinion. So, Mike, thank you again. Uh, I want to make sure always to have you give ways that the audience can reach you, um, especially with questions related to today's content. Uh, very simple. You can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at 4DU Snapping. And little promo here, we now have a presence on the 4th Down U website. If you go to the 4 downu.com, go over to the little curriculum tab, you will see 
We have our own 4DU snapping tab. You'll see our logo. You will see every way under the sun that you can reach me personally, little training videos. Soon there will be a PowerPoint with my personal curriculum that I actually use in my virtual trainings. There will be no excuse not to either learn what I teach, contact me, whatever, go hang out, go check me out. And please contact me with any questions, comments, or concerns, or just talk about long snapping a little bit. Thank you so much. I, I'm beyond thankful and tis the season, right? Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be surrounded by so many wonderful coaches here at Fourth Down U. You guys are truly leaders of young men. Uh, I also wanted to mention that Mike Dunham and I will be having a winter training seminar that starts uh, next week, actually, and we'll be going for five or six weeks. Uh, we know a lot of you guys are on break now and Christmas time. So if you're in the Florida or Central Florida area and you're looking to get better in the fourth down scenario, give us a ring, give us a call, give us a DM, give us an email, however you, you feel most comfortable. Come join us for a training session. If you have questions related to fourth down focus or suggestions for future topics or guests, or you know if you just have some feedback or comments about today's show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, several ways. Coach Dunham mentioned our website is fourthdownu.com. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U.com. On the site, it has endless resources for specialists and coaches of specialists. On social media, I can be connected with on Instagram and Twitter. And the handle for that is at fourth down you. That's at four T H D O W N U. On Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm at Dan Lundy, L U N D Y. Thanks again so much for joining us at Fourth Down Focus. I really enjoyed this time. And I hope you guys enjoy time with family over Thanksgiving. Give thanks, and we'll see you next time with an exciting new guest. Take care and win the day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.